the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Well, if you're like me, your phone went off early this morning and you thought, wait a minute, did I forget to put my phone on vibrate last night when I went to bed? Answer, no. Uh, Amber Alerts override that. And an Amber Alert came down today about 5 a.m. Welcome to the Bruce Hooley Show. We have news on the Amber Alert, although not the news that we all would love to hear. Uh, Anytime there's an Amber Alert, it's because there's a child in danger. And we certainly always hope that that child will not be harmed. Uh, We don't know if the child involved in this Amber Alert has been harmed or not, but we uh, do know that police have found the vehicle. And the story is a really strange one, as uh, this little five-year-old boy uh, was, I guess, taken from Reeb Avenue in Columbus. We don't, I don't really have clarity on this. From all the reports I'm reading, um, It's weird to me, A, that this involves a foster mom. Uh, I have it in my head that when a child is taken with an Amber Alert, that it's usually the cause of a child's biological mom or dad, maybe sometimes a grandparent, uh, in a custody battle or something of that sort, taking the child because of a dispute over how the custody has been adjudicated. Uh, That's not the case in this case. So let me take you through it, and then we'll get to the trial of uh, former Deputy Jason Mead uh, on trial for the murder of Casey Goodson, which is a joke. And uh, uh, the the, the joke of a proceeding involving the prosecution of Jason Mead uh, went further down uh, the stupid hole yesterday with a... Last-minute surprise prosecution witness who has followed the case on social media and watched it on YouTube and was like, wait a second, I was there that day. Let me lend my expertise to the proceedings. And the judge allowed it, David Young. What is wrong with you, Judge Young? The way that prosecutions work is that there's a prosecution case presented first, And it's always, well, mostly, a convincing case. And then the defense gets the chance to rebut the prosecution's case. And because we have a presumption of innocence in our country, you're presumed innocent until you're proven guilty beyond a reasonable doubt in a serious matter like the murder of another person. The defense gets to go last. And there are rebuttal witnesses, but not like this rebuttal witness, which rebuttal witnesses, uh, uh, anyway, we'll get into it. But first, the Amber Alert. So this woman uh, that the police are looking for, uh, her name is Pammy May. She's 48 years old. And apparently 
She's somewhere now in the Cleveland area because that's where they found the vehicle that she fled in around 3 a.m. So how did this all happen? Uh, the Amber Alert came down at 5.10 a.m. And I, I, there's no nothing wrong with that delay because the police and the authorities involved have to make sure that this is legit. You know, you don't want to issue an Amber Alert every time because... It would be like a little bit like the boy who cried wolf situation. If oh, oh sorry, we got to retract the Amber Alert. No, they got to vet it. They got to make sure. So there's nothing untoward about the two-hour delay. But how this came about was that the foster mom, Pammy May, and her husband, foster dad to this five-year-old little boy, uh, were, I presume, at that hour of the day. Uh, sleeping or in bed together or whatever. And the mom, the foster mom, tells the foster dad something to the effect that she's harmed this little boy in some way. She said uh, the police, according to the 911 call that the foster dad made, the foster mom, Pammy May, woke him up and made him believe that their foster child, Darnell, and the last name is Taylor, Darnell Taylor, that Darnell had been hurt. The foster dad told a police dispatcher that she she then abruptly left the home in a Jeep with the child in her possession. So that's weird already. Like, I've harmed the child. He calls 911. Then she leaves with the child. I presume that's been vetted, that she actually had the child with her. Elsewhere in the report, it says that May allegedly threatened to harm the child. So Columbus police respond. They put out an Amber Alert. A couple hours later, they find the vehicle that she fled in at an apartment complex in Brooklyn, Ohio. Brooklyn, Ohio is a suburb of Cleveland. It's uh, kind of around the airport. And we have no update since then. We don't know. The little boy's not been found. She's not been found. The vehicle's been found. So they've taken that in, and they're looking at it, and say a prayer for this little boy, um, Darnell Taylor. And we certainly hope that we have uh, good news or better news on that front as the day goes along. Now, in the trial of Jason Mead, the former uh, sheriff's deputy who was part of a U.S. Marshals task force, on the day that Casey Goodson, a 23-year-old man from uh, the Linden area, drove past then-Deputy Meade, and Meade's statement is that Mr. Goodson was waving a gun. You may remember this story and that it was told, ah, he had nothing in his hand but sub-sandwiches. Uh, well, he had a gun, Casey Goodson did, and it was found underneath his body after... He turned, and Jason Meade's testimony is that he was, well, his, he hasn't testified. I don't think he's testified yet. Uh, that he was threatened, okay? He felt threatened. Goodson made pointed the gun at him. He waved the gun at him. He was told to drop the gun. He didn't drop the gun. So Meade fired, and yeah, I get it. It looks bad. Goodson, oh, he was shot in the back. Okay, well, look, if you turn and you're brandishing a gun... And a law enforcement officer believes he's under imminent threat. He's going to fire his weapon. And it doesn't take very long for a semi-automatic weapon to fire 
five or six shots. And if Goodson is turning, then one of the shots is going to be in the side and the others are going to be in the back. But I know that always looks bad. Oh, he shot him in the back. We have a predisposition uh, ingrained in us down through uh, our Western uh, days. <laughs> you watch a Western movie, it's cowardly to shoot somebody in the back. Now, if you're facing someone pointing a gun at you and they turn away as you fire, it's a whole different situation. So yesterday, the uh, prosecution in the case is allowed to bring to the stand a heating and air conditioning worker by the name of Christopher Korn. Now, Christopher Korn was not on the original prosecution list. And the defense had rested, or the uh, prosecution had rested, and the defense was presenting its case. And then, oh, Judge David Young uh, opens the proceedings yesterday with an announcement to the assembled jury. And here is what Judge Young had to say. Ladies and gentlemen, a separation of uh, separation of witness order was granted in this case. The purpose of a separation order is so that the witness cannot hear the testimony of other witnesses, review evidence admitted during the trial, and tailor their testimony accordingly. This case has gotten extensive news coverage and has been live streamed by the local network news networks. The next witness, the state of Ohio, is calling. And rebuttal came forward after watching portions of the testimony, viewing evidence, and watching news coverage. The witness posted and then deleted certain statements on social media concerning the case. The witness also deleted their Facebook account. You may consider these factors when determining this witness's credibility. You are the sole judges of the credibility of of this witness, and you will determine the weight of the testimony. It is your duty to decide what testimony to believe and what testimony not to believe. It could also be the duty of the judge to say, we have a separation of witness order in place so that one witness can't hear what another witness has to say. And now we have a witness come forward who says he's been watching the trial, thus hearing everything every other witness had to say, He's been posting on his own social media account, his own opinions about the trial, and then he deleted his Facebook page. Not highly suspicious at all. And now he wants to come forward and he wants to testify about what he saw driving around in his HVAC van on the day that Casey Goodson was shot. Did he see Casey Goodson get shot? No, he did not. No, he did not. So what did this surprise witness have to say? on the stand and is it relevant to what the jury is deliberating on as it regards now retired Deputy Jason Mead. We'll get into all of that next on the Bruce Hooley Show. Bruce Hooley Show continues on 989 The Answer. You can listen to the podcast of the show at 989theanswer.com. Look under shows, and then I think listen, and then podcasts. And then you got to go all the way down under the uh, national guys to get to the Bruce Hooley Show. But it's there, trust me. And I appreciate all of you who listen to the podcast. I've heard a lot 
Uh, I've heard from a lot of you this week um, after my return from medical leave, and I appreciate that. Appreciate that you uh, continue to seek the content, and you can share that content uh, to your heart's content, and I would appreciate it if you do. Now, the trial of former Deputy Jason Meade, who was working with the U.S. Marshals Task Force, when he encountered 23-year-old Casey Goodson in uh, December of 2020, Meade's testimony in his own defense was that he felt like his life was in danger because he was drawn to Casey Goodson by Goodson waving a gun around in his car as he drove past Meade. And that when he told Casey Goodson to drop the gun, he didn't drop it. He pointed the gun at Meade, and Meade felt his life was in danger, and so he fired, and Goodson died. He did find a gun under Casey Goodson's body, so he wasn't carrying just Subway sandwiches. And the prosecution rested its case. Now, the reason why the prosecution goes first is because you want the jury to hear last from the defense because we have a presumption of innocence in this country. Once the prosecution submits its witness list before a trial, then the defense has a chance to look at the prosecution witnesses. And one of the things that defense attorneys do is they look for ways to impugn or question the testimony of a witness. But when you have a witness who shows up At the last minute, as a surprise, after following the trial, he admits this, Christopher Korn, the HVAC guy, he admits that, oh, I was really interested that day. I saw Casey Goodson in his car, and he looked like he was driving erratically. But he was driving erratically because, I don't know what, he was dancing to music in his car. He was really having a good time, was uh, Christopher Korn's perception of what Casey Goodson was doing in his car that day. He was dancing. Now, at one point, Christopher Korn said Casey Goodson had two hands on the wheel when he saw him, and then at another point, he said he had one hand on the wheel. I find it nonsensical that this judge, David Young, allowed this testimony at all. Because Christopher Korn, by his own admission, says that... uh, He's been following the case, and he's been following Casey Goodson's mother on Facebook. You think she's breaking it down, like, right down the middle? Of course not. She's Casey Goodson's mom. She's got every right to feel like something was done wrong to her son. She doesn't have a dispassionate view of this case. I wouldn't expect her to, and I'm not criticizing her for not having one. Any mother of a 23-year-old man who was shot by police is going to, of course, believe the best about her son and assume that he did nothing wrong that caused his own shooting. I don't blame her for that. I blame the judge for allowing this testimony to come in from this guy who wants to glom on to this case because he's fascinated by it and now decide that he has something relevant to say. But is what he has to say relevant? (laughs) Not really. Because did he follow the pursuit of Casey Goodson all the way to his front door? Did he see Casey Goodson get shot? Did he hear what Jason Meade yelled at Casey Goodson? If anything, no, he did not. That's what Christopher Korn acknowledged. 
And he also said yesterday that some of the details in his version of events had changed from the time he was asked about it by the special prosecutor who interviewed him yesterday. And the next day after he first approached the special prosecutor when he was interviewed by the FBI. So this is, I think, demonstrative of the fact that the FBI, which is prosecuting this, uh, well, it's certainly involved in the prosecution of this case. They would be thrilled if they could convict another white law enforcement officer of killing another young black man because it's a presidential election year. And this will look really good on the resume of Joe Biden's Justice Department with a certain segment of their base. Now, why did Christopher Korn not come forward initially? He said in court yesterday he didn't want to be in the public eye like he currently is. So what got him over his fear of being in the public eye? He said he just felt like it was the right thing to do. Hmm. So then he was asked by Meade's attorneys, is it the right thing to do to delete your Facebook account after being interviewed by the FBI? Mr. Korn had to admit, no, it was not the right thing to do. And then as he was leaving court yesterday, the Columbus Dispatch says one of its reporters asked Korn why he didn't come forward to the police or the FBI in the years before the case went to trial. This is December of 2020. Okay, like three years have passed. At no time was Christopher Korn's conscience bothered by the fact that he supposedly had, according to his testimony yesterday, inside relevant information about whether Casey Goodson had a gun or not. So the dispatch asked him yesterday as he left the courtroom why he didn't come forward in the three intervening years, and he said, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I have... uh, a few possible reasons why he came forward. He's a publicity hound. He decided that, uh, you know, maybe this would be good for him personally to come forward. And perhaps he was, uh, quote unquote, encouraged to come forward by those who were sympathetic to the prosecution in this case. You can take that down any road you want to take it down. But this is just not how these kinds of cases occur. And I will tell you right now, Jason Meade should not be convicted in this case. But if Jason Meade is convicted in this case, Judge David Young has opened a appeal avenue wider than the widest freeway in Columbus, Ohio. Okay? This is just like, and by the way, When judges allow a departure from an order put in place to keep witnesses from hearing what other witnesses say, and then the judge violates that order, judges are compelled to explain, I'm going to allow this because. The reason I haven't told you why David Young is allowing this is because he didn't say. He did not say why he allowed it. 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.